Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. Faith here with your podcast welcome toast. If you fatten up everyone else around you, then you look thinner. The following encore presentation of the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze is a favorite from our archives. Hope you enjoy this second helping. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry with us. What a show we have for you. I'm giving the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze Brilliant Award to some people in New York City, and you'll find out why. We have a tip for the perfect sear on a steak. It makes a real difference. And then later in the show, we're going to focus on food at our fall fairs. And my favorite recipe to make now the recipe is Provencal roasted tomatoes with a buttery breadcrumb topping. So delicious. Plus an anti-cancer eating tip and our latest delicious wine discovery. My treasured food buddies are here. Senior contributors Chris Prosperi, Alex Province, and Mark Raymond helping us out today on the show the WNPR reporter, Lori Mack, who used to be on this show. It's such a great thing to have you with us. Thank hey, everybody. Hey. 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 Don't you look with wonder at the smart things that food people come up with? I mean, people in every realm, but food included, because that's what we do. I always say, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> right? You're looking at something, you're like, why? Exactly. of course, why didn't I think of that? I is it some kind of combination they make? Even your son was, what ice cream thing did he invent? Oh, the Klondike bars, yeah. He was inventing things like crazy with Klondike yeah, bars. Yeah, the ice cream sundaes. So I'd like to give the Food Schmooze Brilliant Award to an artist. Her name is Mary Mattingly, and she started a project in New York City. She took a 130-foot barge, and that used to be used for construction materials. She turned it into a floating forest. No. No. Filled it with soil and compost and is growing the most gigantic garden. In New York. fruit trees. This is such a great story. I love this story. Took it, floated it to the South Bronx, which is considered, you know, you would say the food deserts. You know, there are no supermarkets and everything. Docked it and said, free vegetables and fruit for everybody and Incredible. nobody violates it nobody comes in and steals everything yeah, because it's all free and there now people are thinking about could this be duplicated somewhere i love that it's, it's like a, a community, gigantic garden it's a community, community garden, garden on, on a water. barge right on the water yeah, yeah. it's probably great you for growing that stuff too. yeah yeah i she, love it and she found the the barge in um new york state then loaded it with the soil and the gravel and the plants of course Super clever. Why didn't she I was, think of that? She was <laughs> right. She was thinking floating about vineyard. floating it to five all the five boroughs. Yeah, yeah, like a floating. But it really market. ended up in the South Bronx. Genius. I think she needs. Know. I think she needs four more barges. Yeah. I think towns. Yeah. With any kind of water, need this. You yeah. know, where there are any kind of. I mean, in every town, there right, are people who need food. Absolutely. What and in, in the Hartford, world? There's so many like 
vacant parking lots and all these could you imagine spots you could grow stuff. what a great idea get rid of the lawns and just have gardens other people have done something a little bit similar, never mm-hmm. to the extent that mm-hmm. she has done it. But I love that an artist that. did this artwork Great with idea. a social purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's working and flowering and produce. And, you know, her tomatoes were as late as everybody else's tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but they're there now. Oh, my God. <laughs> So th- she's got our Poochmoo's Brilliant Award and all the people who helped her, because, of course, it took a lot of people. Love that. Uh, Chris, I'm particularly interested in your comments here, because I was looking for the best and easiest tip for getting a great sear on a steak. And ah. I read food scientists' mm-hmm. opinions about this, mm-hmm. flip it often. Mm-hmm. It's not that old thing about just flip it once. I read all kinds of things about this. So the thing I read that impressed me tremendously was something so simple. And it was the best thing you can do is dry the steak with yeah, paper towels. Pat it that, yeah. Just yeah. pat it dry real quick. And it's the simplest thing to do. We do it whenever we sear something. It doesn't matter if it's, it's like a fish scallop. Or it's the same scallop. Idea. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. We, we keep a roll of paper towels on the line. And before it hits the pan, we just take Because a, what does the wet just, steak, what happens to it that it makes steams. it not It steams sear. and it brings the temperature of the pan down. And it just so gets in the get way. That, you of, don't get that caramelized yeah. exterior. Mm. You can still but not as easily and not as good so just take yeah. paper towels and just dry pat, it and not and you're not talking about like giving it a like a towel dry just take a piece of towel pat and it should on you it. put it in the dryer no no dryer sheet just one pattern somewhere in the world down someone is putting <laughs> their meat in the dryer right yeah. now yeah. mountain yeah. spring yeah. Hmm. <laughs> this will only take a second honey oh. on 30 se- yeah. 30 <laughs> seconds on high it'll be fine you know what t-shirts are like and if you, you know what if you do a large volume the other thing you can do if you don't want to do that is leave it uncovered in your refrigerator for yeah. an hour or so and it will get dry right because the fridge will de- dry it yeah, out yeah pull the humidity out yeah. yeah and it'll so make it nice and dry one time a bunch of us were doing a steak and we agreed to take the steak and put it on a rack in the refrigerator mm-hmm. For 10 days. Like dry aged. Oh, dry aged. We dry aged mm. our own steak and wow. then put it on the mm-hmm. grill. And it looked crusty. Yeah. It looked kind of horrible yeah, and yeah, scary. Yeah. Yeah. But but the food <laughs> science people said, no, 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 it's still mm. okay because it's been kept mm. at a good temperature. Mm. And then it really was an incredible steak. Mm. So, Chris, that's dry aging. That's dry aging. But the only problem is tricky to do it in a refrigerator because the things they dry age um, has a little bit of humidity in it. So it doesn't dry it out so much. Like yours probably got oh, you don't really, want it dry, dry. You don't want it like, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, mummified. Th- th- yeah, it'll mummify <laughs> it if you leave it in the fridge too long. Where if you go to like a Whole Foods and you see that yeah. case that it's dry aging stuff, they do pump a little moisture into those, right? So the fossil so effect on the steak was Goes a, a little slower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it still happens, but it doesn't happen at that extreme level. We could knock it <laughs> yeah, on the yeah, counter. Yeah. We're not looking to make beef jerky. Yeah. Yes, you could We're actually dehydrate to... it yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> Think about this seared steak we're talking about, and then please listen to this, because we promised a health food tip. I want to congratulate the Food Network magazine for highlighting this. It's a study that was done at Kansas State University. That team at Kansas State tried to figure out if there was any way to eliminate the carcinogens that supposedly form on the surface of grilled meat and fish. Mm. There is, uh, has been a theory for a long time that if you grill meat or fish, a protein, especially if it 
turns a corner from caramelized chars, to burning. Yeah. If it chars too much, and sometimes that's delicious, but if it chars too much, it, it forms a carcinogen, and that is dangerous to people. I don't know about to what extent that's true. I've never read all those studies. I'm just saying that that's a thing mm-hmm. in the science world that they talk about. So Kansas State tried to figure out, is there anything we could do about that? And the answer, according to them, is yes. They said that black pepper on protein is nearly 100% effective in eliminating the carcinogens that grilling is said to cause. You know, I always say said to cause. And even better if you add herbs, which have their own health properties, along with a pepper. So I'm thinking <laughs> steak au poivre is yeah. like yeah. the healthiest thing. <laughs> That's a new one for me. I've never heard that one. That's incredible. I think it, I'm going to rub my everything look, with pepper. Steaks and salmon, fish, so, chicken everything. and yeah. fish. You know, these studies are so tricky, but yeah. it, it's interesting nevertheless. There is a thing there, though. That is a concern of people that that char is bad for you. But yeah, yeah I don't know if do you eat enough of it. This was Kansas are you eating, State University. I mean, are you are you eating you steak think every day? Barbecue sauce. That yeah. would be, <laughs> I do. I really do you do. eat steak every day? That's probably not good for you anyway, right? Mm. I don't know. It's a tough one. Mm. <laughs> but if all you have to do is put pepper on it. I yeah. love beef. We eat I know beef a it's lot. not. I'll take my you chances. do. Yeah. Well, you have an Argentinian uh, wife. Exactly. Like... <laughs> so it's either short ribs. It might be ribeyes. It might be tenderloin. Really, Daniel, you Daniel do. Daniel loves the tenderloin because he does not like yeah. any of the fat. I or, yeah, love lighter flavor beef. Too. Oh, me and too. And of course, I read all the articles about how too much beef is not good for you, and they look at various cultures. Mm-hmm. That makes me want to lo- look at Argentinian uh, people and in terms of health profile and see are they all dying at a young age but then the question becomes how are they raising their beef what do the beef feed on because it's said that what the the animal eats is how it affects your health or maybe it's the red wine Mm. Um, it is a a big wine drinking community we have a wine we have a red wine coming up on the show Mm. from argentina (laughs) see See? he's he's teasing you Hey, how about tomatoes? Did you do anything interesting with mm. them this year? Anybody ate them? Just, well, yeah. it took forever. Them. Yeah, and now we're just eating them. And <laughs> oh my god! Just like, how about them. when you just prepare them? Like you just slice the fresh room temperature tomato and put a little sea salt mm-hmm. on it, and you started handing them uh, to us around the room. Uh-huh. Oh my god! How about just Incredible. a slather of mayonnaise? Yeah. A little bit yeah. of bacon on top. I, love I don't it. know if it's just they taste better, or did we wait so long that I'm mm. just that's a great app, by the loving way. them. Yeah. I felt huh. like I had had hothouse tomatoes so long into the yeah. season, mm-hmm. and they looked great. So I They're thought they were okay. going to taste great, and I would think, mm. you know, maybe I don't like tomatoes so much. I don't really get tomatoes. And then today, when and I then gave you that slice, yeah, <laughs> then you're like, and I wow. thought, oh, these are really quite incredible. I love. You know, my thing, mozzarella, Mm. fresh basil, olive oil on bread, and Mm. just there's my sandwich. Sometimes a slice of prosciutto, a little drizzle of balsamico. I found an interesting thing when I was visiting South Carolina last month. They take the green tomatoes, Mm -hmm. obviously, and people Mm -hmm. know they fry them, but then they layered them in between with this pimento cheese. And I I got to tell you, it was (laughs) so good. 
good. I'm I could have cheese. eaten buckets of this. Green, so wow. green tomatoes, fried green tomatoes yeah. with, and then they layered in between pimento cheese, the pimento fried cheese, green tomato on top, exactly. like a Napoleon of fried, exactly. green like a tomato. Napoleon with fried green tomato. <laughs> wow. Oh, I love that. It was yeah. so good. That is really. So you know, as you're getting good. towards the end of the season, you've got some of those green tomatoes still on the vine, and you don't want them what? to go to waste. I don't even remember what's in pimento cheese besides pimentos. What's it's, in there? Well, it's a it's a lighter cheese, right? It's a creamier cheese, like cream cheese or mascarpone mm-hmm. that they oh, whip shredded in. cheese. Yeah, yeah, and then they yeah they whip and... it in with mayonnaise and cheese, yeah. and it's a spread more than a like mozzarella where you slice right, sandwiches, right. or maybe even yeah. like a boar's end. Yeah, where yeah, you, yeah, you know where yeah. you oh, add sure. the herbs in. Yeah. So the, the uh, Delta Sky Miles, like in Atlanta, Georgia, has a big pimento station. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Sucking plate loads of it during my delay. Yeah, I see it on the grocery store around here, like seldom. But there, down there, you see it everywhere. Where's right? Alex? He's by the pimento cheese. It's just fun to say. <laughs> Whose voice is that you're doing? I don't know. I seem to recognize that voice. <laughs> Somebody find He's Alex. By the pimento che- <laughs> I think everybody from late night comedy, everybody's doing the same voice. Okay, here we go. The reason I brought up the tomato subject is to tell you about the thing that I love to do this time of year the most as the real tomatoes are coming in. Lori, I, I didn't even ask you, Lori Mack. Are you a like tomato on the grill person? I, I would eat tomatoes any way you serve them. On the grill, on a piece of pumpernickel bread with some butter and a little <gasps> salt and pepper. Oh, oh that's pumpernickel, good. good idea. Little salt. Little salt, yeah. little pepper. Oh, yeah. Okay. My favorite thing to do right now is what I call roasted Provencal tomatoes. And we have this posted at the site foodschmooze.org. Ooh. It is so simple to do, and if you want to take advantage of these last of the season, really lush tomatoes, because it took so long for them to become ripe. Mm. Um, Some people probably still have your green tomatoes, um, so that was a good tip for (laughs) them. pimento cheese. (laughs) So this is something that I had in my file years and years and years ago. I think it was from my chef idol of the world, this Joel Robuchon. Let me just say, of course, there was no improving on Joel Robuchon's recipe. But what I did was start to fool with this thing and wrote it down on a piece of paper in my food file. And so when I say it's adapted, I don't mean it's improved upon. It just means this is what was around. People seem to like it. So here, here it is. So you've got the oven on. And then in a skillet, put some oil in the pan, olive oil. And you cut fresh tomatoes from the farmer's market in half you know, get the core out, and you put the cut side down enough to fit in the stovetop pan, and you sear them. You don't move them. You just sear them until they become caramelized, really kind of a dark brown, not black, but dark brown. It takes about three minutes to do that. And then you take them cook side up when they're that, you know, the right color, and you put them in a baking dish, a casserole dish of some kind, you cook all the tomato halves that way. We tell you how to do it for eight people. And then if there will be juices in the pan. You pour that over the tomatoes. 
and season them with a little bit of salt. Now, in a little bowl, you mix together. This was a thing that I did that he didn't do. A little bit of butter, some diced up parsley, lots of minced garlic, and breadcrumbs. It's best if they're fresh breadcrumbs. And so you spread it on the tomatoes in the casserole dish, and then you pop that in that 400-degree oven. And then when the top is golden brown and the tomatoes (laughs) seem to be sizzling, out they come. And if you want, you could sprinkle Parmigiano-Reggiano or grated Gruyere on the top and make it a main dish. Or for, if it's a side dish, it practically goes with everything except red spaghetti sauce. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> honestly, it is I so delicious. I don't deserve a bit oh, of yeah. credit. Tomatoes. But honestly, this is a thing to do before the tomatoes go I'm making that tonight. Away. Okay, don't forget, later on in the show, we've got somebody who's done a cookbook of the food from state fairs. And we in this region have a lot coming up. The food is so much fun. It's kind of goes from crazy to really, really sensible good things. So stay with us for that. We've got a special wine discovery, lots of things to talk about. More mouthwatering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. They sometimes are invisible. We don't know they're in our midst, but let me tell you, they are there in big numbers. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back. Let's call the whole thing off. Oh, yes. You like potato? And you like potato? You like tomato? And you like tomato? Potato? Potato? Tomato? Tomato? Let's call the Cornbread had a fight. Beans, Beans knocked cornbread out of sight. Beans. Cornbread said, Now that's all right. Beans. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. Beans. I'll be ready. We just love the recording. Please, I hope you're not sick of us saying that, but it's just such a brilliant recording. It's just unbelievable. Um, So here's the part where I always say the same thing. And here's why I do. Podcasts, there are so many people know what they are. But I like to include people who don't. Right. And so... Yeah, you got it, Mark. So I just say it means a copy of the show uh, that we have. You know, with our special juju, we send to your <laughs> to your inbox, and um, you don't have to do anything. If you're running around, you can't necessarily listen, but you want to have a little party in your life at various times, at any time. I know I do. That's why we do the show this That's way. That's right. This is our this little is party. what we look forward to with you. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's we the quote say- at the beginning, the best quote. <laughs> On the podcast, you always start off oh. with a, like a really cute... Oh, you know what? I'm that. so glad you said that. So the mm-hmm. podcast begins with something we don't do On the show. when we're recording the show. Yeah, yeah. And it is, um, a, we call it a welcome toast. Yeah. But it is some piece of food humor that somebody has come up with. Yeah. And we go through tons of things to find ones that we think are enjoyable. So that's Pretty what cool. opens. Then you've Love got it. the yeah. whole thing. So It's a bonus for getting the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And then it's a library. And if you want to go back to various shows, you can do that. Mm-hmm. So you just 
just go to foodschmooze.org. Schmooze. <laughs> See, I feel like the romper. S-C-H, like school. M-O-O, like the cow. Z-E. That's how you remember. Foodschmooze.org. It for Alex. It works for you, too. Yeah. Listen, it works I for me. I wanted to give it's it like, to you, though. You know? It's like you have to... It's the only way we remember it. Rush okay, up on your it. Yiddish. Like, okay. Alex and I, what? Schmooze. You remember that guy. Lori, do you remember the man who wrote in to me and said... I am outraged. You are not pronounced. That is not the oh, Yiddish right. pronunciation of schmooze. It's not schmooze. It's schmooze. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> he may be technically correct. You know, I would never presume to know. Right. Honestly. But I just sat there and I, I said to him, I wrote back to him and I said, I cannot say welcome to the food schmooze. <laughs> it's just not going to, you know. <laughs> So we're making up words and pronunciations here. You know, well, you, don't, you don't say I'm driving a Lasab. You say it's a Lasaber. Yeah. <laughs> you just, it's like, it's like, you just can't. It's become, yeah. it's become a thing. So this is what it is. Pooch moose. Um, I'm with my treasured food buddies. You're just going to be sick of this because I'm so madly in love with these people. Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut. Winebroker Alex Province of Hartford. Winebroker uh, Mark Raymond, who lives in Wethersfield. Lori Mack, the WNPR reporter, is helping us out with today's show. Robin Doyen Aiken is on assignment for us. We've got the author of a book called Fair Foods, uh, George Geary. He's done a great book about the food that we get at country fairs across Love America, including our region. So that's yes. going to be great. Do you have this thing where I try to get certain vegetables into my diet? I, I don't necessarily, like broccoli, I don't really care unless it is roasted to a crisp, and I I do. And so this kind of steamed, yeah, Yeah. the steamed broccoli thing is doesn't really interest me. I don't really like. Many people do. It's just my particular taste. I love this from the test kitchen at Food Network magazine. I really thought this was terrific, and it's about cauliflower rice, and you can, Lori, you know this, right? Yes, I've heard about this. this okay, sounds great. You can do it with broccoli too. It doesn't matter. The idea is that you take either the cauliflower or the broccoli and you take the big hand grater and you grate, 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 grate. And then you just saute it in a little bit of olive oil. You could put it on a sheet pan and roast it in the oven and keep stirring it, watching it carefully until it crisps up. Mm-hmm. And you have what's called cauliflower rice yeah. or broccoli rice. Oh. I throw You've that got... into pasta, too. Yes, your like, friend, totally. right? Yeah, the real Italy, Italian. Yeah. They, they grate it or chop yeah. it really fine and saute it first with some tomato and then just take fresh pasta and toss it instead of having... And I like it so much better. I don't... Even when it's roasted, I don't like big chunks of broccoli and never have. I yeah, do. I think it's bites. almost it's like, like eating a tree. Yeah, like a I don't big like piece that, of broccoli. Well, it's again, like well, they said, it's a taste thing. I'd rather yeah. have it chopped up really That's fine. That's interesting. I mean, yeah. I think I could... Or I think grated. Could, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. You know, listen, here's the thing. You, you don't hear us on the show yeah. talking 
about exactly. things in a yeah. way that is really super negative. We're really focusing on things that we like. We're picking the cookbook authors we like, the restaurants we like, the dishes we like, the recipes we like. Yep. It's not that we're positive about everything. It's that we think, look, we've got about an hour with you. You may listen in one, two, or three bites to the show. <laughs> we want to tell you about the things we think are terrific. It's called curating. Yeah. That's what I do. That's what my compatriots here on the show do. So, um, you know, you might love broccoli in its whole form. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Like, That's so, good. You've already yeah. got Brussels that covered. Sprouts. But yeah. for people who so, don't, yeah. <laughs> chop it up really <laughs> fine. And listen, if you and wanna... I'm saying that, and the, there's nothing wrong with it. No. I think former <laughs> President Bush point. didn't like broccoli. I remember, remember yeah. But yeah. I'm telling you, if you chop it up, you can Doesn't even get Doesn't he seem like the it. most liberal man, though? So anyway, try grating your vegetable yes, and then totally sautéing it. A really uh, cool idea is t doing that whole ricing thing. Mm -hmm. You could do cauliflower, broccoli, maybe a few couple other Carrots vegetables, to give it some color. Oh. and then mm -hmm. just make it making an all vegetable paella yep, with sure with could. that shredded vegetables. Ooh, make it yep. nice and Ooh. easy to eat, and everything cooks down. What a good idea! Evenly. Oh, yeah, that could be really yeah. cool. And, you know, putting olive oil on the pan, whether it's a saute pan, mm -hmm. a sheet pan in the oven, or throwing chicken on top and letting it just kind of caramelize on the bottom, whatever you want to do with it, it's just terrific that way, I think. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're losing the fiber by grating it. It's still right there. Yeah. Um, okay, you want to do the wine. I'm afraid we'll run out of time because we've got the fair food and wait till we get to that. Think about the fairs from your childhood all the way up to adulthood. Oh, yeah. How crazy that stuff can oh, be. Oh, so much So we're fun. going to talk about the crazy. Such great memories. We're also going to talk about stuff that is just so interesting. Talk about going from broccoli to fair food. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. That's we, a wow. we had to get you healthy first. We had to get you healthy first. Broccoli on a stick. Generous vision on the food. <laughs> donut. Okay, Mark, mm. here is, we were talking about this earlier. This is a wine that um, Mark discovered, and I, after tasting this, absolutely adored this red now if it's hot on the day you try it uh, you know things being what they are it it really can be i put this in the refrigerator for a good half hour and then pour yes. it with a good chill on it mm -hmm. uh and it, this that. is from this is a red from uh, the mendoza region of argentina and it's called finca which stands for farm mm. finca el origen uh so of the original farm of the origin. It's so there, when they first started uh, tilling this land over, you know, 40 years ago, they found uh, fossils, like these little nautilus fossils in the ground. So they felt that the terroir, that terroir be... was from, from the ocean. This is ocean land that has risen up when the mountains and the Andes. So you're in the, basically what, in the so foothills of the, the Andes. So what is the closest, yeah, what's the closest ocean, I wonder? Oh, the Atlantic. Well, actually, if you go to the other side of the Andes, you have the Pacific. Oh my That's goodness. probably a little bit closer because it's probably from Mendoza. It's probably five hours to the Atlantic coast, and it's probably Honestly, only about an hour and a half. Yeah, but mileage means you have to go up, up over, over the Andes. <laughs> if you're flying, <laughs> yeah. it's too. It's, can can yeah. I just add to this? This is on our website. A picture of the label. This wine, it is absolutely a delicious red, and it's about fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars a bottle. Yeah. This is a bargain for this price. This is a real and made in a wholesome way, hand harvested. All that. Can I just quickly add something about this soil? When you've got soil that has these fossils still in it from the sea, what happens in modern life is that 
minerals that used to be here uh, and help the human body have been leached out of the soil. When you've got soil with this still in it, you've got these unusual minerals in the soil. And the, the idea of how that helps the human body thrills me. Absolutely. It's a theory yeah. that I... That's very personal kind of crazy yeah. theory. But um, <laughs> anyway, I love that. And this is delicious. How, how do you describe it? I'll help you. So and let I, me pour some. Yeah, pour a little. Okay, Everybody try a little. Oh, thank For me, you. I love that it's got beautiful, intense flavors of dark plum. What's the fruit forward part of this as I take a sip? Go ahead. Mm. Mm. For me, it's plum. the characteristics of plum and berry. You know, you think of blackberry, blueberry. So no. I've got that plum, mm-hmm. not the sour part, but the dark part of a the plum. The dark part, the ripe, mm. sweet part. Of it. Yeah. And then I've got, so this is not a sweet wine, no, very dry. No, not a sweet wine. And so then I've got a whisper of a black cherry in there somewhere. Do mm. you? Yeah. Not the sweet black cherry, but something black cherry-ish. And so... And yet I've got that thing where if you have a cup of tea and there's this sort of slightly dry feeling in your mouth, yeah, that happens. When you get that, that's called a tannin in yeah, wine, and it in. means that it has structure and body. It, it, yeah, that body is is what makes it so go so well with food and um, and meat. Yeah, protein. especially protein, meat, yeah. Argentinian steak. It cuts right? through that protein. It cuts through that fat that might be on that mm-hmm. meat. What goes together grows together. Exactly. All those Las Pampas, mm-hmm. all that beautiful Argentine yeah. meat with this mm-hmm. wine. Oh, mm-hmm. Wonderful land. Beautiful, beautiful place. So for me. Can we go? This yeah, is a, let's this go. Let's do a show there. <laughs> this is a sipper. Yeah. It's also a, Carry it a right into dinner. fabulous with with yeah. even roast vegetables. You know, right now, uh, just and it's a fantastic. unique blend. It's Cabernet blended with uh, Malbec. You hear a lot of blends that will have Malbec and Merlot, but to blend Malbec and Cabernet, it's really kind of unique in the market. Is it? It is. It is. Just Malbec, those two grapes. Malbec and Cabernet, Cabernet together yeah. alone is unique in the market. It's, it is really kind of unique. You, you'll see it blended with other grapes, yeah, but it's just yeah. two yeah. grapes. Like a Bordeaux blend, yeah. but just of the two. Just of the two. So love this, Mark. Great mm. discovery. And thank you so much. Around $15 a bottle. And that is a very good price for this wine because it's definitely drinking like at least a $20 bottle Agreed. of wine. Attractive wine. This so is a luscious. real wine. Finca El Origen. Don't worry about it. It's on our website, foochmoos.org. A lot of wine stores have our um, shelf talkers. And so it says, <laughs> so you can Middleton, pick it right out. Yeah. recommendation. You can see it hanging on the shelf. If you don't, please write to us and tell us, and we'll make sure that you, you um, get those. You can talk to also Mark and Alex, our wine guys on the show, and, and get the labels that are are designed for the show. Very quickly, before we go to food from state mm. fairs, mm-hmm. Food Network did a thing on the most wonderful... I'm a person who, in the evening, during the week, could make a meal out of this. And I know, Lori, I think you're like this, too. This is uh, prosciutto-wrapped shrimp and melon. Ooh. Now, melon will start to come from other parts of the world, but mm-hmm. it's local right now. And so we're talking about bringing a pot of water to a boil and putting the shrimp in for a few, a couple minutes, really. And then in a bowl, you put the shrimp and add these cantaloupe or watermelon you could use, a little bit of olive oil and vinegar and honey. 
and a little pepper, which mm. seems to be mm. <laughs> healthy, as we said <laughs> earlier on the show. Helps the grill mark. So what you're doing is putting a piece of prosciutto around shrimp and a slice of melon. It's that mm. simple. And there you go. Now, I would be happy. People think I'm crazy. But I could eat six of those. For dinner. Oh, yeah. You and I'd be happy. Oh, yeah. You know what I love I really about would. that? Six. Matt and I will get like a cantaloupe. And are, then... you, are you laughing at yeah, six. Or... She could eat six of them. <laughs> Honeydew melon also might yeah. be a good. Oh, yeah. that's good. Oh, the yeah. thing no. is, you buy a big melon at the <laughs> grocery like store six. and you can't eat the whole thing for breakfast. I love the idea that you could do it for dinner. So it breaks up the monotony of, you know, it's just two of us at home. So to eat a huge... You know, melon. Oh, if you well, she a... said six, but she didn't say how big the skewer was. That's true. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like it's a, a, it's a foot and a half it's, skewer, it's, yeah. and, it's, and it's two with whole quite melons. a bit of shrimp and melon yeah, and, and two whole melons. Six of them would be just enough. Chris, help me. No, because <laughs> no. I, I couldn't eat just six. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking a whole melon per person. Six. Maybe a bag of shrimp, <laughs> a pound and a half of prosciutto, and we're good. Five melons. Okay. Um. You know, I think it's dinner. I'm sorry. If you want to put it on a biscuit, you could. But honestly, I think No biscuit needed. The other thing is going out. Maybe if you're a big guy or something. On the weekend, if you're having like big dinners with friends and stuff, but it's fun. In the middle of the, you know, middle of a work week eating light, I think, allows you to save up some points for Saturday night, Friday night. (laughs) I like how you think. Six little melon slices. You save up calories for Wednesday. (laughs) Okay. It's Thursday through Sunday. It's the weekend. Thursday through Sunday. Uh, wow. I know. Okay. Isn't no. every day the weekend? It should be. Really? I know. It should yeah. be. You know, you, you just have a different state of mind. Yeah. That means we all don't have any work. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What are I you mean, talking about? Most... Eating and drinking is work for me. <laughs> no, it is, is work true. for you. It is. Okay. You chose so, that career on purpose, I didn't did. you? I did. I did. What are they going to say about us? <laughs> um no, it's hard work. It's it really is. Hard. It is. No kidding. It, it actually sure. is. Okay. We love the local. You know that. Please support your local food growers and food makers. Lots at the farmer's market right now. Coming up next, we're going to do the food from country fairs. More delicious conversation coming your way. We'll be right back. If I was you, I'd want to be me too. I'd want to be me too. I'd want to be me too. A pot of kidney stew You drank a gallon of milk You ate a pound cake too A skillet of liver A dozen of eggs Twelve hot dogs And eight frog legs You know you eat too much This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life. Coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, and the Hamptons. Uh, the senior producer is Robin Doyon Aiken, and we have Lori Mack, the WNPR reporter, doing our engineering today as an incredible favor to us. Thank you, Lori. To hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and 9, and then Saturdays at noon. Podcasts, our curated recommendations, everything we talk about on the show at foodschmooze.org. 
Now, here's the deal. If you are on Facebook, can we talk about fairs, fair food, the one you go to? (laughs) Let us know if there is a fair in your area that you have been to that you think is really awesome. Chris, have you? The Goshen Fair just happened. I know. Okay. (laughs) Let me just tell you. Steak sandwiches, beef jerky, (laughs) no dines. We love this stuff. So here's where we are on Facebook. Faith Middleton food schmooze, those four words. On Facebook, let's start a dialogue about this because I think this is fantastic. And here's our inspiration. This book by George Geary, he also did the Cheesecake Bible. You might remember that. But George Geary has done this cookbook, Fair Foods, and it's posted information about it on our website too. He decided to go to all these fairs and find out which were the most popular recipes, which were the most offbeat recipes. If you go to fairs, you know that. From the state and county fairs, Mark Raymond has looked up all the fairs from our region. And so you're going to hear him talking about those, you know, Biggie and all the others. There were so many. And so, hey, George, welcome to the Food Shows party. Well, it's a party. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got that, George. George, thank you for being with us. I love that you did this book. Well, thank you so much. It, it was a, a lot of fun doing the book. What really made you was. think of it? Was it just well, that no one's done this? Or was well, there's there... that. <laughs> and uh, I worked at the largest county fair in the country for 28 years. For people, which one is that? Los Angeles. Wow, now, I would have never guessed. guessed. That is a huge surprise to me. Absolutely. Yeah. No one knows that we have farm animals in Southern California. In fact, <laughs> they make fun of the whole thing of California and fairs with billboards that have, like, goats on it, and they'll say, come to where the real goat cheese pizza came from. <laughs> nice. So it's like a slap in the face. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. But it's um, really fascinating because there's one corner of Los Angeles County, Pomona area, that is very still agricultural. And mm. uh, they have the farm animals out there. So they bring kids in from the city during the day, and they do these kids' oh. programs. So oh, they cool. kind of see what the farm is all about out very, there. Yeah. Isn't, isn't this, the, the fairs, I think like going to farms that have farm stands mm-hmm. or farm tours, keeps us in touch with where our food comes from. Yeah. It helps those farmers because then we shop at those farm stands. And this is such a, an important part of, if you're in a city, this is fantastic to do. The smell of hay, the dust. Yeah, and if yeah. you're out in the country, you know how it. important this is. So I just love every bit of it. It ranges from cheesy to absolutely fantastic, right? <laughs> so, George, how do you think about the, what I think of as the crazy food? At the, at deep the fried. Yeah, like, like I'm looking at deep fried bacon. Well, see, the book, we have normal food, I call it, and then yeah. we have the crazy food. And everyone thinks everything's fried in the book, too, which we don't have. That. I don't and then we think have that. my most popular place is the beverages. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking about it. So, but people go to fairs for funnel cake. They go for the deep fried bacon. Corn dogs. They go for um, deep fried Oreos. I'm looking at your, you know, some of the things that you have featured. Deep fried pickles. And on (laughs) purpose, yes. And on purpose, I'm I'm pointing out there are, like, there's one. Where was this? The spicy peanut butter and jelly cheeseburgers. Where was that? 
That was near the country fair, right? At a, a mid in the Midwest. Yeah, it was Midwest somewhere that I saw something to that effect. I could have been Iowa because Iowa really has some uh, wild stuff. But well, yeah, you'd think peanut butter, and it's kind of sweet and salty and and savory all so, together. So that recipe, it's it's in the book too, is ground beef and salt and pepper, of course, but creamy peanut butter and Swiss cheese is going to be on the top, and grape jelly, a little bit of jalapeno, and the buns. Now, theoretically, that sounds crazy, but when I look at that combination of ingredients, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get why that might be Hmm. really terrific. I take a Chris. I think things taste different when you're at a fair too like you can really do <laughs> stuff like that at a fair and you're like damn that's good well i mean <laughs> well, yeah there is the heat of the fair the adult beverage yeah. baby, and yeah. the crazy people is it the best place to people watch oh, oh yeah oh, yeah and you think <laughs> only I would second never to an airport that in my whole life yeah. you know? and the but, kids competing for the it. agricultural oh. awards oh. take this so seriously yeah. and well they should it is not an easy thing no to raise these animals they're raising or for these farm wives and husbands because both do it uh to make the pickles make the pies make the ice cream that they make the part that i was in charge of was the judging (gasps) oh i do that oh and we could write a book all on but these people have to die first because (laughs) All what, of what do you the, mean? Uh, well, Story the fighting that they would do. The, oh, boy. oh, the just and I won't want to name any names, but um, <laughs> I'm almost saying her name. This one woman, she um, very nice. I became friends with her over the years, but she would intimidate the judges to an extent where hmm. she would just give this smirk to where it just went right through you, and the judges would like turn their back on her. And her stuff was good. Okay, one time she comes up to me and she says, George, why didn't my cake win? And I said, which one was yours? Because you're a number. I don't know who anybody is. <laughs> and it was a, a cake contest, any flavor you want. I looked at her and I said, listen, let's call her Mary. I said, Mary, you made a prune mocha cake. Do you really <laughs> think that's going to win? <laughs> you know? And she kind of looked at me and she said, I guess you're right. And I said, the lemon chiffon one. Prune mocha. I said, you aren't hitting the demographics here. <laughs> she really wanted a blue ribbon. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just really funny. Thing. Um, I'm yeah, sure I there's could... a small segment of the market that'd be good for. But, but, but oh, George, you know what, George? <laughs> this is such a serious thing. Once Carol Peck from um, Good News Cafe in Woodbury and I, and I, I think there was a third judge, I can't remember who, we were asked to judge in Litchfield County, Connecticut, one of these country fair apple pie contests. And mm-hmm. we got into, as three judges, the most amazing debate, you know, you could say fight, about what constituted the proper apple pie, how oh, much yeah. acid versus how much sugar. I liked it sweeter. Too Carol soft, liked it tartar, soft. which were the apples, the crust. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When people make this stuff in a competition, this is an artist mm. who really takes this seriously, mm-hmm. entering and... Of course, it's like um, my pie's gonna win. Mul- <laughs> it's my like- pie's gonna win. 
<laughs> oh, we, had a, we have a barbecue contest. And this one Am I guy, being too earnest? Go ahead. This one guy was so sure he was going to win the barbecue contest. He was walking around with the samples of his products, walking around all like puffed up chest, the whole bit, and all excited. And I'm watching him, and I didn't know who had won. Third prize, he didn't win. Second prize, he didn't win. But he was sure of the first prize. First prize, it's not him. It's these two ladies that were... Well, at the time, it was in the 80s. They they weren't married together, but they were together, and you knew they were together, but that was just uncalled of. And he kicked his barbecue with the hot coals across the pavement. He was so mad that two women beat him out. Oh, and boy. I thought, I am so glad they won. <laughs> Worldwide wrestling right there. But, uh, yeah, I was ready for <laughs> the them to new... get down there on the mat. And the girls would have won. <laughs> no, this is great. The girls. The girls okay, won. the yes, girls. Yep. All right, so here we go. I want to get into some of the recipes in the book, one of which Chris just made, and we had the best Mm -hmm. time eating it. Chris made, Chris, can you talk about this? The pulled pork sliders, and then Mark is going to tell us where some of the fairs are around our region. Chris, the pulled pork sliders were Hungarian paprika. This is in the book. George Gary's book, Fair Foods, the most popular and offbeat recipes from America's state and county fairs. Love the idea of this. Pulled pork sliders, Hungarian paprika, sea salt, black pepper, garlic powder, cayenne cayenne pepper, dried thyme, honey, coconut water, red wine vinegar, canola oil, brown onions, pork shoulder, cut in half, and then, of course, the rolls. Yeah. How did it all come right. together? So you take all the ingredients up until the onions. So the paprika, salt, pepper, garlic, cayenne, thyme, honey, coconut water, vinegar, and oil. And you mix it all together like a big paste. And you take that and you smear it all over the pork shoulder. You take Which is your, cut in half. Yeah, yeah well, you got this big chunk. And then you take your uh, onions, put them on the bottom of a slow cooker, put that pork that's smothered in the paste on top, put the lid on, seven hours. And it becomes so soft you can oh, shred, shred it with, it with a fork. fork. Two forks. I took two large forks and just sort of pull it all apart. And then I got I used little potato rolls, but whatever little slider rolls, and Ooh. just oh, make yeah. sandwiches. Yeah. Right? It was oh. delicious. It was Heaven. really fun. If you're somebody who likes extra salt or extra spice, just throw that in too. So George, this is this is Iowa State Fair, right? This type is all over the place. Now, none of the recipes are original from a fair company because um, no one would give you recipes. So I adapted a lot of uh, the recipes. A lot of Midwest do a lot of pulled pork. Here in California, we do it too. Nobody cares about wait, the Wait, wait, wait. Oh, this is fair. where we hit, hit rewind, people. This is something. So people at the fairs, as we go through life, you can say to people, most people will give you a recipe. Every once in a while, someone will say, mm, I can't give that out. No, no. that's a family recipe. Yep. That's a secret thing. So... You're saying that at the fairs, they basically will not give you the actual recipe? No. <laughs> no, because they think yeah. you're another you're, you're yeah. another vendor looking oh, to make a fast. similar thing. Yeah. To wow. add they don't want fair. you to win first so place. How do you, so how do you do that? What do you do in the, in the face have, of it? Because um, this book is my 11th book, and I'm really yeah. good at uh, recreating the recipes. I used to be at work at Disney. And if you look at the corn dog recipe, which is yeah. all over the Internet right now. I uh, know. One of the best 10 items to eat at Disneyland. Nice. And it's number three right now. <laughs> and I created that back in 1991. 
I would really? Say. Yeah, awesome. and they're still using the same recipe. I should. Can I tell I, you? If I got a nickel on each corn dog sold. Oh, I mean, wouldn't that be, have been something? Am I mortified? Food. I'm Love mortified to tell you. Honestly, I am because it's such an American thing. I have never in my life tasted a corn dog, and what? I'm dying to. I've had, I've had his corn dogs because I go to Disney it's every so year, good. and corn dogs <laughs> on my list. Really? Dipped in oh mustard. Oh, George. You've got a personal It's like sweet from the corn. See, now I know oh. who. I can say when I'm there next time. I know, the I guy know that George. Came up with this. Absolutely. I know George Geary. <laughs> the original, original. Hey, George, I want to get to the recipes that you gave us for the site, and we're so appreciative. Oh, I don't know what I gave you. <laughs> okay, so. So, so let me tell you. Um, oh, yeah. You, you gave like us. Christmas present. You, <laughs> you like what I gave you. I love you. <laughs> really, I do. All right. Roasted sugar pecans. People walk around with these like little paper cones. I love these. And, and eat them. So pecan halves, halves, egg whites, and granulated sugar. Could not be easier. Thing. And then we want to get to the candy apples because soon... In uh, the New England and New York region, we're going to get to these candy apples. So, medium apples, stems removed, granulated sugar, light corn syrup, cold water, red paste food coloring, and (laughs) vanilla extract. This is how you do it. And this is a classic fair staple in this season, right? Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, got to have the caramel apples, either one of those. Mark, tell yeah. us about some of the fairs in our region that we're either in or on the way. All right. The Berlin Fair, the Orange County Fair, the Four Town Fair, and the Guilford Fair. Coming up, we've got the Durham Fair mm-hmm. and the Harwinton Fair. And then, of course, Dur- all Durham over- Fair, I know. I just that's, love yeah, that fair. Go ahead. And then overall, right now, for New England, we have the Big E going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is fantastic. I think some of the best French fries I've ever had in my life in that old... I don't know what the hell, I don't know what that oil is, but it's, oil. it's like there's just something something about that oil. oil. When we were kids that at the oil. Guilford Fair, we were just learning in school about how you know some oils were bad. So I asked the guy, "What kind of oil is that?" He's like, "It's oil." But what kind of oil? He's like, "Motor oil." <laughs> this is so good because it's so filled with potato flavor yeah. because they've used it so often. Fat. Honestly, it's just fantastic. It's like Lord. my mother used to do. <laughs> George Geary, I love your idea. I love that you did this. Thank you so much also for giving us a heads up about how great the fairs are in our region in this season. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Next time I'm coming live. Uh, would you? <laughs> I would great. love that. You let us know not, anything not you do, right now, any book yeah. you do. Okay. You bring corn dogs. This one is called Fair Food. The most popular and offbeat recipes from America's state and county fairs. If you've had something at a fair that you loved, chances are you'll find it in this book. Thanks a lot, George. Thanks so much. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Weekdays, listen for my 60-second food schmoozes and never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. Hey, don't want the party to end? Well, neither do we. Talk with us anytime online at foodschmooze.org.